0: da 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 Dungeons and Dopamine,
1: da Hi, welcome to Dungeons and dopamine, dopamine, week 20. 20. I'm Bree. I'm Jess. And we're still going, we're still here. We did it. Another double digit even number. If you times it by five, it's a hundred. <laughs> if you divide it by five, it's four. <laughs> I'll try to edit that so it doesn't sound like you paused for that. <laughs> nope. Nope. I'm ready to own it. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I was confused because it's a real estate week for me. Right. And when I wrote the title of this episode, when I was writing my notes, I wrote real estate number five. So if I had said 20 divided by five, right, it would then be you were gonna four, say, right?
0: <laughs> so to cut something out of one of our episodes, and it was really sad, but we talked for too long, Weird. and <laughs> that never happened. No, and I pretended to be a roll top desk, <laughs> 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 and you laugh, and you're like. Jessica pretending to be a roll
1: top desk is the best thing I've seen, and I'm so sorry that you all miss out on it. (laughs) I'm just gonna set up a camera to record (laughs) all of our episodes now, especially now that our Patreon is up. Patreon, we could include videos of us laughing as me being a roll top (laughs) (laughs) desk. Us acting out the most random parts of our podcast topics. I mean,
0: this is like our life, so I'm, that's what we've done all our lives. Not that this podcast is our life. <laughs> I mean, it's if we get enough Patreons, <laughs> <laughs> if
1: I could quit both my jobs,
0: this right. could be my life. I just listened to the episode of And That's Why We Drink, where they were talking. They both had just quit their, like, real jobs, so to speak. That's
1: amazing.
0: <laughs> uh, I can't even imagine. I will say, though, they took off almost immediately and they live in L.A.
1: Yeah. So I do know if that
0: has to do with it some.
1: <laughs> sure. Sure, those were words <laughs> that fit together. They, were, they sounded like a <laughs> sentence. <ascendants. laughs> so we need someone from L.A. To make us big,
0: we need, and that's why we drink to be like, hey, everybody, go listen to this episode.
1: These people,
0: this show.
1: (laughs) So, if we just (laughs) keep talking about them every episode and tag them in every single thing we do, that should work, right? Absolutely. It didn't work with Brandon Ferris.
0: I still (sighs) love Brandon or Viva.
1: Come on, guys. Look, we need you. (laughs) This is our time of need. (laughs) <laughs> we are 20 episodes in and ready to be full-time podcasters. <laughs> so we're going to need our big break now. Thanks.
0: I have some incredible topics coming up that, okay, let's be honest. If I had had more time to research some of these, we would be stuck here for hours.
1: But it's good stuff. So I mean, like, as it is. You guys are missing out on at least an hour of every episode. I mean,
0: a lot of it is um, (laughs) and a lot of it
1: is us laughing. True, but who wouldn't? Who wouldn't get dopamine out of that? Right. Just listening to other people laugh.
0: But oh, so uh, not to totally interrupt, but I'm gonna totally interrupt. (laughs) So Patreon. Yes. So let's talk about that. So tier one is better than nothing and that will get you the newsletter and all of our undying love which is important you want absolutely mm-hmm. tier two which is better than tier one <laughs> is we're laughing at our own like
1: <laughs> we're, we're so, so clever, clever. <laughs> I'm gonna quit you guys, that. <laughs> This is just beautiful magic happening here at the house of Jessica.
0: The longer we're together, the more this kind of thing happens.
1: <laughs> it is getting a little extreme. <laughs> this is why we used to take breaks.
0: Not because life was busy,
1: but no, because we were too similar. The world cannot handle Bri and Jessica when be. they spend multiple days a week together. But still, we should be <laughs> full time podcasts. Right, right.
0: <laughs> but okay, so right. tier two, better than tier one. Uh, you get access to the newsletter as well as the book list. The book list.
1: It's a pretty spectacular book list. So if you have been scrambling to write down all of these books that we recommend throughout our episodes, you we don't it. have to anymore. We are keeping track for you. And I think we're going to try
0: and think of some cool stuff to do with the book list. We're going to keep updating it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't make a promise of when, because who knows when we're going to talk about certain stuff and whatever. But, I don't know. I thinking. I was thinking maybe, like, some little blurbs about them or something from yeah. us. Absolutely. So, why why we like them. Yes. Why we read them. Or our rating them.
1: for them. Yeah. Because... Some of the books we've talked about have low ratings from us. Yeah. In fact, I don't think that one's even on the book list. One of
0: our episodes is better than it. (laughs) And most things are.
1: Yeah, true. Not hard to do.
0: (laughs) So then we move to tier three, which is better than tier two. Obviously. And that is the everything from the other two tiers plus our bloopers, which is kind of where I was going. And we will be throwing some bloopers up there just at random. And because
1: that's when they happen.
0: That's when they happen. And then right now my favorite blooper currently of ours is up there, along with what we're laughing at as a like a YouTube video <laughs> clip. So if you can sync those up, do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a really long blooper. I mean it was A beautiful moment, though. (laughs) A lot of it is just, like, wheezing. (laughs) Um, And then
0: tier four, which is better than tier three, we are giving you some of our extra contents. There are sometimes, like, Brie very eloquently put in the last episode why she loves her plants and why why they make her happy. But we had to cut it out because we were out of time. (laughs) Because I talked for hours. It's ditto. So we're going to throw extra content like that on there as well as we're going to make some videos sometimes or images that we might not post on social media of us like filming or if we go on cool trips.
1: When we go on cool trips. (laughs) Obvs. Ooh, now we're shortening it. I like it. Absolutely. Abs. Abs.
0: People just turn everything they just deleted everything and rescinded their Patreon. Yep.
1: They were like, No, now you have to pay me monthly (laughs) to get that out of my brain. Exactly.
0: So, um, there are a few other perks to the tiers and we will change them up. And I think that there's a way on Patreon that you can just like give an amount, maybe once or whatever. But we don't want to pressure anybody into donating. Right. We we had someone apologize to us that they couldn't afford to. We don't need that.
1: silly because that's not what we're here for.
0: Not at all. Anything we get is going to go back into the show. We were talking about um, we're going to do a Comic-Con. We might have to pay to get in there. We might have to pay for the stuff that we want to give away. We're eventually
1: going to have merchandise to offer. Stickers and t-shirts and coffee mugs. All those types of things.
0: And we'd love to update our
1: equipment. Yeah, someday when we want to make super high quality episodes, we can do a little better than what we have now. Yeah. But for now, we're happy to be here,
0: to be honest. (laughs) Exactly. So um, I went on a long time, but I feel like it's important to share.
1: Yeah. And to tell you do not
0: feel pressured.
1: Right. We enjoy any support, even just I don't even want to say even just. We enjoy all the support. The, oh my gosh. The Facebook interaction, the text messages we get talking about the episodes. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing to hear is the people that tell us they like to listen to us because it feels like they're sitting and hanging out with us. Yes. Which is really what our intention was. Absolutely. <laughs> Abs.
0: Abs. Abs. Yeah. <laughs> I can't so.
1: shorten la. <laughs> L- la. L- la. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> and again, that's where we lost everybody. <laughs> everybody. <sighs> so, we appreciate all of you. And.
0: Oh, hey, if you feel bad about not doing Patreon and you can't be convinced by us not to, share it like yeah. go tell a couple people about our show and then tell those people to tell people because the more we do that the cooler and the bigger and maybe one of them will patreon to us and make up for it. right not that there's anything to make up for i hes- i hesitated using those words but i couldn't think of anything better agreed
1: <laughs> so there we Oop. just solved all of this yeah we just need some more strangers, we, guys. Come on. We solve so many things. We really should get awards for how many problems Frankly, we have solved. Abs. In, in the last <laughs> 20 weeks. Yeah. Like,
0: we resolved the satanic panic.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, okay. I can't remember everything else we solved. <laughs> the Titanic. Yeah. We
1: solved that mystery. The Bermuda Triangle and um feral plants yeah landscaping all your fireflies with bigfoot yeah we've solved so much anyway (laughs) let me solve another problem for you week 20 is a multiple of four (laughs) so that makes it a real estate week and this week is my new home buyer or anxious home buyer conversation. I want this to feel more like a friendly conversation than like a dictate of here are the steps you need to take and here's how you're going to do it and this is what needs to happen. Because buying a house is scary. Seriously. It's a big process. It's a big commitment it's really confusing there's a lot going on all at one time you've got a lot of different contacts you're keeping up with a lot of different things to keep straight in your brain yeah emotions whether it's because you're scared or excited or sad that you're leaving an old another place maybe you've been in an apartment for a long time or you're leaving your parents or or, roommates yeah you know what if what if you're moving to a new state or coming from a different area i actually
0: my first home purchase. I had already lived in a home but I had nothing to do with the purchase of that home and buying my first house was really scary because my whole life had turned upside down and I was starting
1: from scratch. And even if you're not a first-time home buyer, if it's been a while since you bought a house or the market has changed or your situation has changed, or if you're just an anxious ADHD person that hates these type of transaction. I don't like it when you call me out like that. Types of processes, <laughs> it can be an awful experience. And I don't want that for anybody. That when I hear of awful realtors or lenders or people that make this process what people think it is, make it harder, make it scarier, make it confusing. I just get so sad because this is really one of those situations where you're dealing with people kind of at their most um, gosh, I forgot most their, vulnerable or most, most, most vulnerable. Emotional. Yeah. You know, you I know things about my friends' finances that they would probably not normally share with their friends. I know things about their living situations that they might not share with everybody. your lender that you're dealing with is gonna be all up in your business so you you need to make sure you're comfortable with your lender you just I really want this experience to change for people it's always going to be a confusing process it's always going to be frustrating I just really want to have a better light on how this process should go so that it doesn't seem as scary and maybe people aren't as apprehensive coming into this so and I'm also doing it kind of as a defense for some realtors, because I know that some people avoid the process because a lot of realtors are awful people Ugh. and they're salesy and they're pushy and they're not really looking out for the best in their clients. But there are a lot of us out here that are good realtors and are good people and are really doing it because of the joy that buying a house or selling a house or, or this journey can bring people. There are a lot of reasons you might decide that it's time to buy a house. There are a lot of reasons that you might decide that it's not time to buy a house. If you are working on kind of a pros cons list for buying a house, um, I'm going to keep it pretty simple. Like the main things, you know, uh, having equity versus paying rent to somebody else, you know, so somebody else can have equity in a property. If you're paying on a mortgage, you own that property. The money that you're putting into it should be an investment in the future. I guess we've had bad housing markets. Everybody's aware of the 2008 crash. I don't foresee that being as big a deal as it was back then in the future, because even if home prices start to fall, they're still so far up from what they were. And there's still a housing shortage there's still a problem with not having enough houses to house people. So there's always going to be some growth in the housing market. Unless you're buying and selling within a year or two, you will almost always get some sort of equity in your property.
0: If you're buying and selling within years, you're typically a flipper, right? Or something along those lines, right?
1: Very significant life changes. You know, you suddenly have to move across the country because, you met someone, okay, or you're, sure, you're sure. in a you know you, your job changes when you have to job. move. So it's not common in in the typical home buyer, but it does happen. The other so a lot of people like having more freedom when you own a house versus when you're renting. You know you can choose whatever decor you want. You can paint the walls. You can have pets. You can change the outside. You can add things on. You can take things off. You can put landscaping in. All of those things. Um, When interest rates were super, super low, it was definitely more affordable to buy a house for Which is mind blowing. Right? And even now, you know, the, the housing market and interest rates are awful right now, but so are rental prices. Oh, yeah. Sometimes it's more affordable to buy. Some people buy just because they feel like that's the next step in life. That's the next step to be an adult. This is just how my life goes. Some people have one of those life plans that they stick to. I don't know what that's like, but, you know, (laughs) other people do. And sometimes it's just the community. You know, your family lives nearby. Your family lives next door. It makes sense for you to buy at this time, at this place. You have roots here. You know this is where you want to be. Lots of reasons like that. But the cons to home owning is, you know, if you are renting, you probably have a landlord that's going to come in and take care of all the maintenance. Now, all the maintenance is yours because you own the house and the property. It is a long-term commitment. So if you had thoughts on packing up in that hippie hippie van and, you know, moving out west to travel to music festivals, then having a 30-year mortgage is probably not very conducive to that. If you end up in a property that has weird property things that happen so you know there's an easement or the neighbor does a survey and finds out your garage is on their property. Some of those things can cost time and money and resources and it can be very frustrating. And then just all the hoops you have to jump through to get to buying a house. Talking to a lender is scary. The lenders are asking you for a whole bunch of documents. They're going Repeatedly. over. Yes. They're <laughs> going over all your stuff with a fine tooth comb. Some people just panic at that st- at that step and run away. It's confusing and scary and awful. So I get all of that. Whatever you decide on, this is a really big decision. It's a very personal decision. You have to make this decision for yourself and your family. Do not talk to a realtor or a lender or anybody in those businesses if you are not sure because they want to talk you into it they yes they benefit by you jumping into buying a house they benefit by you jumping in headfirst without thinking it through they may not be working in your best interest unless you know you're talking to someone like me that can explain to you the pros and cons of house buying and why it might not be a good time for you but if you decide to move forward and you decide now is the time and you're going to buy a house, the first thing, the very, very, very first thing you're going to want to do is to start with a good local lender. I know the first thing you're going to want to do is get on one of those websites and start looking at all the pretty houses and dreaming about which one you're going to buy and what you're going to do with it. Do not do that until you talk to a lender because nothing is worse than falling in love with a house on the internet and then one or two, one of two things happen you go to the lender and find out there is no way you can afford that house. Or you go to the lender, you get pre-approved, and by the time you get that pre-approval letter, the house is already sold, it's already gone, you can't have it anymore. I wanna stress that I said local lender, and I wanna talk just briefly about why I recommend a local lender. I shouldn't go on Rocket Mortgage. (laughs) No, no, you should not. And here's why. Because now that we've talked about it and now that it's played on your phone or your radio or wherever you're listening to this, you are probably going to get all these ads that start popping up from Rocket Mortgage and whatever else. Even the big box bank loans, um, PNC, Huntington Bank, all of those, their lenders are nationwide. They do not, they're not going to understand, they're not going to be familiar when the appraiser comes back and says, well, the isolation distances between the well and the septic are only 50 feet. And the national laws, or the national rules, say it has to be 100 feet. Your lender from PNC who is actually working in Montana won't know that Muskegon County has only a 50-foot isolation requirement and that there is paperwork that you can do to get that exempted, and there are steps you can take. And it's such a big investment
0: and a big chunk of your money, I would say for the majority of people, it is most of their income. Mm -hmm. Why would you not want to see the person look them in the eyes that is going to be lending you that money?
1: And have that in-person person person to explain all these documents to you. (sighs) When you get to the point where you're getting actual loan paperwork, you're looking at 30 or 40 documents with all kinds of legalese and crazy stuff on them. And if you're not sitting with somebody who can explain each paper to you or at least be able to like walk you through it, you're signing your life away and you don't even know what you're signing. There could be some real awkward stuff. I've seen (laughs) as
0: jokes, companies will throw in something absurd to see if people catch it, Mm -hmm. and
1: they don't. They never do. (laughs) I've had one person in my entire career that read every page of their mortgage documents, and they did find some weird stuff. Mostly typos, which is hilarious. (laughs) It's a really long closing. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um... The other reason for a good local lender is because in today's day and age with this market, if you are in a multiple offer situation, there's a good chance that that local lender on that pre-approval letter could sway the decision your way because either the seller or the agent that they're working with is going to say, oh yeah, I know that team. i worked with them before. They got me out of a sticky situation. They made the deal go through. They were really fast. They closed it in 11 days. All these reasons why they know that lender is good.
0: And a lot of the national ones, and I imagine even the like semi-sketchy ones, hmm have bad stories out there the big banks because you're a
1: number and not a face and a friend they mess up all the time Mm -hmm. they don't they don't care what interest rate you get no the local guy down the road does because you were referred by his other client that he really likes and he knows if he keeps you happy he keeps that client happy and he's willing to do that because he might see you out at the bar next weekend or on the golf course. We all live in the same area and yeah, they don't care about your $250,000 loan at PNC in California, but the local lender down the road does care. He still wants that $250,000 loan. He still wants your business. He still wants your friendship and your referrals. Beyond that, if there is a mistake, you have someone you can go to in person to say, hey, this got messed up, how do we fix it? Versus calling a number on the bottom of a paper somewhere to try to track someone down to fix your problem. So yes, local lenders are the way to go. And when you talk to that lender, the first thing they're gonna wanna do after they you know, do the niceties, because they are salespeople, so they are going to be very, very nice to you, They're going to want to pull your credit, and they're going to want some basic income and debt information from you. The credit pull is a non-negotiable. If you really want a good pre-approval, you have to get your credit pulled. There are some new... um, They've changed how it hits your credit. It is considered a hard pull, usually, but you have, I believe, 30 days. Any other mortgage pulls within 30 days don't count against your credit. Oh, okay. One or two local lenders... Won't look won't look bad on your credit report, and you can sometimes get them to fight each other for a better interest rate. To be honest, Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Who wants my business? <laughs> um, the credit report is going to give them a credit score, which is a whole rant I could go on about oh, how gosh. they yeah. are BS. But anyway, they're going to pull all your credit. It's going to give you a credit score. It's also going to go over any debt that you have. So. Hey, they're going to be able to know what your monthly payments are based on your credit report. If you are an easy case, if you have a a normal W-2 job, you work 40 hours a week, you get a steady paycheck every week, you will probably be able to get a pre-approval letter within a couple hours. If you have a little bit more um, interesting jobs or income, (laughs) you know, if you're self-employed, or 1099 contractor, or you have multiple jobs, or you work part-time, or it's investment income, or some other crazy sort of situation, it might take a little bit longer because they may need different forms or different calculations to be able to figure out exactly what you qualify for. That can be very frustrating, but one thing to remember when you're dealing with lenders is they aren't the ones that made these rules up. They are going off rules that are made federal at federal and state levels, and then rules that are made up by the individual investors and banks that are willing to lend this money so you can get a mortgage. They're just trying to check all the boxes and follow all the rules. It is extremely frustrating in some cases, and some of the rules don't seem to make any sense, and some of the things they ask you for seem very frustrating, but it's not your. it's not the guy on the phone that you should be frustrated with. It's just the process. And if you have any idea of your credit score before you start, typically for a decent mortgage rate and a decent mortgage, you want your credit score to be at least 620, 640 or higher. If you are not there or if you're not sure, still get the Give the company a call and have them pull it, because if it's a good lender, they can probably give you advice on how to improve that credit score in the shortest amount of time. Um, well, there's a lot of different loans and stuff, too, which we
0: learned from another real estate <laughs> Yes.
1: So you might,
0: you might be surprised.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, there might be different programs that are out there for lower credit scores or lower income borrowers. There are a ton since COVID and all the magic money that came out of COVID. There are different kinds of down payment assistant programs. There are different programs that help with credit scores and down payments and debt to income ratios and all kinds of crazy stuff. So don't be afraid to just call and see what happens. And don't go by whatever credit score is showing up on your Credit Karma or your credit card fake FICO score, because number one, a mortgage pull is going to be a little different than a regular credit score anyway, but also I've seen those those apps and programs up to like 40 to 50 points wrong. Holy cow. In both directions. So people that think they have a 750 credit score might actually have a 700 or people or be that- 800. Yeah. Or people that think they have a 540 are actually at 600. So- And, again, credit's a whole BS thing anyway. It could depend on when you pull your credit or what time of the month it is or what you recently put on a credit card or paid off on a credit card or other things you might run into in that situation. So, you know, if you don't have any credit, that's an issue. It's almost worse to have no credit versus bad credit. So they can help you figure out how to get credit and how to get good credit and do it correctly. Oh, if you have any student loans or medical debt, make sure you call a lender and work with them on that because student loans can have different rules depending on the balances and the medical debts a lot of states and a lot of lenders don't even include medical debts anymore so while it might have still affected your credit score it will not affect your debt-to-income ratio which could make a difference yeah it can make a huge difference and a lot of people are held back because they think they'll never be able to qualify with their medical debt if you are worried about down payment again call a lender, talk it out. There are programs that in Michigan, in our area, you can put as little as 1% down. The most important conversation you probably wanna have with your lender is how much you can afford versus how much you want to afford. Because again, as much as they're getting into your debt and your income and telling you how much you can can afford, I wanna say probably 75% of the time, I talk to first-time homebuyers. They are usually approved for about five to six hundred dollars more a month than what they want to spend.
0: I was, yes. I was shocked at what we were approved for, and I was like, I am not spending that kind of money every month.
1: <laughs> yes, it's you know I've seen kids, twenty-something-year-old kids that are working waitress jobs, you know, restaurant jobs, approved for two hundred fifty thousand-dollar houses. And they're looking at me like, how would I ever afford a $2,100 mortgage payment? And I look at them and I cry a little inside because my forever home did not cost me as much money as their starter home is costing them. Uh. So again, as I and I will recommend some local lenders until I'm blue in the face, I trust them. They're great people. But they are still salespeople. They are still getting paid based on how much house you buy and your interest rate and all kinds of weird math in the mortgage world. (laughs) So don't buy more than what you can afford just because your mortgage lender says, oh yeah, you can afford a $300,000 house, no problem. And in that case who
0: you'd go to your real estate agent to ask what your estimated payment would be? You still the mortgage lender. Oh, okay. So,
1: um, sometimes it's kind of a, a coordination between the real estate agent and the lender, but the lender has like the fancy program where they can put in, you know what the purchase price is how much you're putting down what the mortgage insurance will be what the taxes will be what the homeowner's insurance will be and they come up with the payment and then they can kind of give us a range or okay. a, 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 an approximate price to look at sure you just want to be very upfront and honest about okay you said i can afford this but this is what i want my payment to be so what can i afford at that level i will not go over a grand a month. right and they'll give you kind of that price range. Then once you have your lender, you want then you want to find your realtor. Whether it's someone that your lender recommends. It's Bree. It's me. Just call me. <laughs> <laughs> if you're in Michigan. I can't help you in other states yet.
0: She can recommend someone who can help you in Florida, though. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Sure can. Um, yeah, so friends, family, a lender, get a good recommendation do not find your realtor on facebook or craigslist or i don't know where other realtors are advertising but do stalk them yeah do stalk them in those places yes look up their social media make sure their values are the same as yours make sure that you're comfortable with them meet them in person I will be very upfront and honest, just like with lenders, my commission is based on the sales price. So you want to make sure you are with a realtor that you know is not going to drive up the price of the house you're buying just to benefit them. I have lowered my commission in a couple of deals because it seemed absurd how much money I was making on a deal that took me two hours to show them a couple houses. I would never feel comfortable trying to raise a price to get me more money. Especially, it's not that much money. I make a a percentage, a small percentage of whatever the purchase price is. It's not going to make much difference to me if you go up from $100,000 to $150,000. It does not change my commission that much, but there are realtors out there that will still do it, that will still push that. So make sure you trust them. Make sure it's somebody that other people that you trust have worked with before. You can interview a couple different agents. You don't have to be loyal to that first person you meet. And never, ever, ever... Okay, I'm not going to say never, ever, ever. In most, in 99% of cases, do not call the listing agent on the house that you fell in love with. Because whatever that listing agent says they are either actually representing the seller and they are only out to get uh, the most amount of money they can for their seller, which is really what their responsibility should be, or they're going to try to work as a dual agent, which is garbage. There's no way to be a unbiased party when you're in a situation where your commission is based on the purchase price. And the buying, I mean, you're getting both in yeah, that case, you're like double dipping. And if, you're, if you are a buyer that calls the listing agent, that listing agent is now getting both sides of the deal, they're getting a higher percentage, they're going to want you to go up to those higher price points because they're probably loyal to the seller, they're probably old friends, or we referred to them somehow, so they already have a personal relationship. And there's no one looking out for your best interest. Right. There is no way that seller or that seller's agent can realistically, honestly look at you and say, nope, I want you to get the best deal. Here. It's just not possible. So right. call someone else, call someone you trust, find someone. And when you're looking at these different agents, maybe look for someone who has strengths where you have weaknesses. Mm. So one of my strengths as a realtor is not decor. I am not great at interior decorating. I am not great at colors. I don't know what matches. I also have an awful sense of smell. So if you also have an awful sense of smell (laughs) and are bad at decor, maybe I'm not your best agent.
0: I accidentally told my husband today that you have a really bad sense of smell, (laughs) except I said, um... (laughs) <laughs> I can't remember how I worded it, but it basically sounded like I told him that you smell bad. No, I think that was what I said. I think I said Bree smells really bad.
1: Like you don't. Have- I smell really poorly. Wait, <laughs> <laughs> that's not better. It's I have an awful normal. sense of smell, you guys. I don't know. I had cats all the time when I was a kid, even though I'm allergic. I don't know if it just like burned all of cigarette the cigarette smoke. And cigarette smoke. I don't know if it like burned all the sense century out of my brain
0: she but. also doesn't smell bad as a person <laughs> <laughs> thanks i mean so far so good. i try not to <laughs> she even brushed her teeth for me i did i
1: did too because i have to sit so close <laughs> just blowing nose nose. awful air at you <laughs> it happens um so but one of my strengths as a realtor i like to get into the nitty-gritty about how old the furnace is how old the roof is how old the water heater is what the plumbing looks like, what the electric looks like. I have an electrician husband, so I know that if it's a Pushmatic electrical box, you're probably going to want to upgrade that because nobody likes those things. Or if there's old knob and tube wiring, you're going to want that replaced. Most people don't even know what knob and tube wiring is. I only know because of the Property Brothers. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. It's illegal in Canada to have that. Probably, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not safe. Um, But if you have a house to sell or if you're really worried, you know, maybe you are good at mechanicals, you grew up in a construction family, you have handy people that can help you with this stuff, but you know that you're going to want to sell in five years, maybe you need a realtor that is good at curb appeal and resale value. And being able to, you know, look at a house and say, okay, it looks like this now and you're getting a good deal on it. But if you did this and this and this to brighten up the curb appeal and changed how this room felt with the colors that you use, you can gain value right there. Once you find your realtor, then you get to look at houses. Then you get to have the conversation with your realtor, you know, what you have to have in a house versus what you want to have in a house where your comfort range is for prices where the area you want to live in is do you want to be in a certain town do you want to be in a certain school district do you just want to be close to the highway because you actually work somewhere 45 minutes away and you just want to be on the highway in the morning your realtor will also be able to tell you how quickly you need to act so (sighs) when we're in a hot sellers market sometimes you need to jump on those houses the minute they get listed so if you're not Working with a realtor that is able to see a house within a day or two, you are going to lose out on in a hot market. If it's more of a buyer's market, then you might have a couple days and be able to look at four or five houses on a Saturday, versus trying to squeeze in a showing at five thirty at night when you get out out of work and really wish you were having dinner somewhere. But that house
0: might not, houses. yeah, that house <laughs> might
1: not be there if you went to dinner instead. So. That's, I guess that's the part everybody loves. Everybody loves looking at the houses and going into these houses and exploring everything. And again, I just want to stress having a realtor that you're comfortable with and who knows what you find important. You don't, there are plenty of realtors out there, again, that will either push up your price because. You told them you were comfortable at 130, but they don't want that commission check, and they know you're approved up to 200. So they're, you know, sending you the 175,000, the 180,000 dollar houses, which look so much prettier. Yeah, and, and have extra are, features. they better neighborhoods, and they have a newer roof, and or they're bringing you into these houses and they're pointing out, oh, but look how pretty the paint is in this one, and look, this kitchen has really nice countertops. But you're looking at an old furnace that obviously hadn't hasn't been updated in 30 years and a roof that may not even pass inspection. You know, what is your realtor pointing out? What are they showing as important? And is it what's important to you?
0: I, my realtor was... Uh, you weren't a realtor at the time. I <laughs> will not ever stop saying that. <laughs> it's not my fault! <laughs> <laughs> my realtor was amazing because I have the exact opposite of you where I will walk in and I can see how this house is going to look when I own it
1: mm-hmm. no matter
0: what house it is even if it's your house <laughs> I can walk in and be like if they want me to redecorate this I'll do this this, this is and what that I do. and done exactly and my brain does that but I don't think to look at the heater <laughs> oh it didn't have electrical that's weird well, we can do that. I'm sure it won't be that expensive. <laughs> she was so good at that. And she stopped and looked at the roof line to make sure my roof wasn't caving. And, yes. And, things and, that,
1: and the knowledge to know if you are going to need to put a roof on this. Yes. Is it going to cost you $8,000 or 18000 because it's got four different peaks and changes three times?
0: Is it an HOA where you have to put a clay tile roof on? <laughs> yes. For, and, and a certain color and you can't ever have your garage open. I don't know if I can handle you doing an episode on HOAs. <laughs> <laughs> because they're the worst. This just going to be a Jessica
1: rant episode. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica gets angry. <laughs> so eventually you'll find the house. The house. You'll yeah. know when you find the one. And anytime I have clients that are kind of back and forth on whether they want to write an offer or they're just not sure or it's not the one. I can tell when somebody walks in and it's the house. So at that point, you'll write an offer. If you have a good realtor, you'll go through all the paperwork. They'll go through paragraph by paragraph and explain everything to you, whether it's by phone or email or whatever. That gets sent back to the realtor then, or you sign it all, it goes back to your realtor who then sends it to the listing agent. If there are multiple offers, it might be held for a couple days while they collect all their offers and decide who it goes to. But eventually, you get an accepted offer. Yay! And then the craziness starts. <laughs> For the next 30 to 45 days, typically, everything is just chaos. You have three or four probably different contacts that you're talking to between your realtor, your lender, any assistance either of them have, or team members. The title company might reach out to you. You have to find homeowner's insurance, so you're talking to homeowner's insurance agents. You might have to deal with something on your credit or on your credit report. So maybe you're talking to creditors or companies. You're tracking down bank statements from your bank, and you're tracking down pay stubs from your work, and making sure this person filled out this form. And it's crazy. And during all this, this time, what is happening is the lender is collecting all of your information and sending it to an underwriter who is examining everything with a fine-tooth comb. And they're making sure that everything you get them satisfies all these crazy rules we talked about between the federal and the state and the the investors and everything. While they're trying to get all their rules in order and get all your documents and frustrate the hell out of you with (laughs) everything they need... Your realtor is also going to be bothering you about things like your earnest money deposit, which is however much money you told the seller in your purchase agreement that you would put down as a deposit to prove that you, you know, really want to buy this house and you have at least some money to your name in order to qualify to purchase it. Your Realtor is also going to bother you about setting up an inspection if you decided to do inspections. So whether that's a whole house inspection, radon tests, furnace inspection, roof inspection, whatever inspections you want to have done. You usually have a window of seven to 10 days to get those inspections done. And your realtor is gonna be on you to make sure those, to help you get those scheduled and then make sure that you get the results and determine if you want to negotiate anything because you have to have that done within a certain amount of time.
0: Now, as a realtor, Do you have people you can recommend for this? Because most average people aren't going to have a connection to know where to get the pest inspection or whatnot. absolutely.
1: I spend a lot of time building up a network around here, local people. Keep in mind, inspections are not required. They can cost between $300 and $500, which is on top of whatever you were planning to spend on the mortgage. And they are not catch-alls. They are trying to give you a report on what they found in the house from the 3 hour inspection they were able to do. Do you pay them cash or like check? It, you yeah. don't you don't wrap that into your closing cost. Not anymore. Okay. I've weeded out a couple bad inspectors. <laughs> I have a I have a list of inspectors I trust. Same with title companies. Um, technically the buyer can choose what buyer and seller can choose whatever t- title company they want but very rarely does anybody know a title company or anybody that works at a title company. You're working on inspections, you're working on getting your lender all your documentation, you're working on jumping through all those hoops. While you're doing that, the title company is doing a very comprehensive search. If if in your purchase agreement, you said you were getting title insurance and your lender's requiring title insurance and you're getting a warranty deed and not doing something crazy and just like getting a quit plan deed, A warranty deed means the title company is doing a very exhausting, extensive search over every deed or lien or covenant that is on this particular property. They are there to make sure that you are getting a free and clear deed that nobody else can come out of the woodwork in three years and say, I don't know how they bought this house because here's the deed that says I own this house, not whoever sold it. That'd be a nightmare. Has happened, and is why title companies do this. Michigan is not a um, a state that requires lawyers to be involved in real estate transactions. We do let you know that you can always ask a lawyer to look everything over before you close. It's not required, technically recommended. (laughs) Do without. I've never, never. (laughs) Nope. The seller might also be doing their own inspections. They might have to do a well and septic inspection. They might have to do a pest inspection, water testing. It depends on the contract, how it was written. Once you're okay with the inspection, or if you're not okay, you might try to negotiate them to fix something or drop the cost. If you can't agree on it, you might walk away from the contract, get your earnest money deposit back. If you decide to stay, then the lender is going to order an appraisal an appraiser is going to come out and their job is to to give an opinion on the value of the house to make sure that you're not paying more than what it's worth or that the lender isn't paying more than what it's worth. In certain types of loans, they might also require repairs if there are safety hazards. This is another chance where the deal can fall apart because if the value comes in low, then there has to be negotiations because no lender is going to let you buy a house that's not worth what you're paying for it. So the buyer either has to come up with money on their own to make up that difference, or the seller has to drop their price. If that can't be negotiated, the deal might fall apart. All of that to say that this is never a done deal until it is a done deal. There are a variety of places throughout the the process where the deal can fall apart. If you are under contract, do not assume that you are moving in on a certain day. Do not hire movers. Do not tell your landlord that you'll be out. Do not do anything, set anything in stone until you're literally at the closing table. Hopefully towards the end of the process or at the end of the process, eventually your lender will give everybody what we call the clear to close. And that means that the underwriter is finally happy with all of the documentation. Everything is set, everything looks good the lender has decided they will fund the loan. That is usually a trigger point where you get a final, what's called closing disclosure that goes over what should be close to your final numbers, so how much cash you need to have on closing day, or how much you need to bring to closing day, how much your monthly payment will be, all of those details. This is when we start to feel like maybe this is actually going to to finish. We're actually going to cross the finish line on this. This is when the realtor schedules the closing. They start talking to you about, you know, switching the utilities into your name, talking about moving dates. Again, this is not set in stone. Do not set your whole life on this yet, but hopefully within a few days after that, you can't close any earlier than three days after you sign that closing disclosure. Hopefully within that week, you will be sitting at the title company going over a whole nother mound of paperwork and signing your life away to close on this house. And hopefully at the same time, either with you or at another title company, because the sellers and buyers don't always have to close together. The seller is hopefully also signing that paperwork and hopefully you signed up with, or you showed up with a check with the appropriate amount written on it. Uh, At this point, a cashier's check, they're not going to accept it on a personal check. They probably really don't even want cash. They're going to want a cashier's check. You show up with the money you need with your state-issued ID. Your sellers show up to closing. Everybody signs all the paperwork. Your title agent gives you a whole bunch of truncated descriptions on a bunch of legalese forms. And everybody signs, and everything funds, and everybody's money transfers, and you bought a house. Yay! that is not always the end (laughs) sometimes there's a possession period where the sellers get to stay in the house until you know their next house closes or they want 14 days to get their stuff out I've seen it up to like 60 to 90 days most loan types will force you have to live in the house within 60 days so that's usually the cutoff point sometimes if the house is empty or if the seller was able to get out early you get it used to be you always got keys at closing it was always the big deal it's not that way anymore you can feel very anticlimactic anti-clima- but it's <laughs> you walk
0: out with like a stack of papers and, <laughs> and this then- slight sense of dread that you've just <laughs> made a really big purchase
1: <laughs> <laughs> yep and you can't even go to that place to celebrate because you somebody maybe else is still past living there <laughs> <laughs> yeah those are my least favorite <laughs> so that's how you buy a house I love that. So
0: I'm actually going to talk about a building, a house. It's totally, totally. This is absolutely a real estate Mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. Sort of. (laughs) Have you ever heard of the Cecil Hotel? No, I didn't interrupt you, right? No, I'm okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So the Cecil Hotel. Oh boy. This is also called the Hotel Death. Or the suicide. Oh, Mm -hmm.
1: let's go there.
0: (laughs) No. (laughs) I will go to the Denver airport with you. I will go on, like, stupid haunt tours with you. I will not go to the Cecil Hotel. (laughs) All right.
1: Tell me more.
0: Yes. So the Cecil opened in 1924. It was a budget hotel in Los Angeles. Now, it is actually also now near Skid Row. Okay. So... From that way you will <laughs> uh, is 19 floors and 700 rooms when it was finished it had totaled 1.5 million to complete i watched a lot of videos on this <laughs> and it's the lobby is gorgeous it's all marble Ooh. it's really opulent it's it has stained glass windows The check-in desk is super cool. It's got like a almost like a train station vibe. It's really neat, like not like a modern (laughs) the L kind of station vibe, but like an old timey, beautiful train station
1: underground. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's infested with rats. (laughs) It's really pretty, and then there's like potted um, palm trees and alabaster statues, and it's gorgeous. Yeah, but it's really deceptive. The rooms are very small. Um, some of them have community bathrooms. Oh! You actually have to pay more if you want to have your own personal bathroom. I would struggle with that. I absolutely would struggle. That was one thing that I was like, I don't want to go to college because I don't want to share a bathroom with <laughs> <Right>. anybody.
1: <laughs> right. Or like B&Bs. Yeah. Like yeah. And or hostels. I love that idea. Especially, like, the Gilmore Girls with the dragonfly in. Yes. And and b always seems so, like, romantic. Yeah. And, and cutesy. And you'd find a small town. And
0: Mm-mm. But
1: every time I look at them, they're like, "In the bathroom's down the hall. And I'm like, no. No. No, it's you not. You keep that to yourself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, I want to just give you a list of funsies. Oh, boy. About the Cecil Hotel. And this is just a list I'm going to read. You can absolutely find each of these stories online and it will go into detail about them i'm just gonna give you the most vague the first death was in the 1920s a man shot himself in the head in 1931 a man poisoned himself in 1932 another man shot himself in the head in 1934 a man slashed his own throat he left a lot of notes about his suicide and his death a few years after that a woman jumped well a woman fell out of a window no one is clear on if it was an accident or a suicide or
1: murder great and yes so it's escalating it's escalating
0: <laughs> they weren't sure if that was an accident or a murder or or what in 1938 Oh, it, I don't know I don't if it's a man or a woman, but they jumped out of a top floor window. This is 19 stories high. Mm-hmm. In 1938, a man swallowed poison. In 1940, someone used poison. In 1944, this is probably one of the most disturbing, a woman gave birth to a child she did not know she was pregnant with. She was just started to have a lot of pain, went into the bathroom, had the baby... Realized that the man that she was there with, who was her, she was his affair partner, was going to be really upset. If he found out she had a baby, she threw it out the window. Ugh. She says, Ouch. yeah, it was a little boy. She mm. says that she doesn't, she says she thought it was stillborn, but the autopsy shows that he had air in his lungs, which would mean that he was breathing. He took a breath. So. At least one breath. Yes. 1947 someone jumped there's somewhere between there and 1962 another person jumped but they don't it didn't say the year so um so that gave us you know good like almost 20 years of peace ish
1: i wonder i wonder why there was
0: (laughs) yeah it's very interesting um in 1962 someone jumped in 1962 another person jumped but this woman landed on an innocent man and killed them both he was just an elderly man taking
1: a walk that's kind of up there in my worst fears yeah honestly though (laughs) (laughs) is that i'll just be minding my own business and like a plane will will crash yeah or uh, a woman will fall out of a window we were lucky and a tree branch we'll just like i'll be walking down the driveway in a true branch it's like when
0: you watch those videos of like lucky people who (laughs) just missed out right (sighs) so that was that one's really sad 1964 there was murder in the hotel 1975 another jumper 1985 a man checks in to long term stay at the hotel this man was a serial killer known as the night stalker oh He was a self-proclaimed Satanist. He stayed in the hotel. He would go do his murders. He would come back. He would take off his clothing that was all bloody and put it in the dumpster and then walk through the hotel in his underwear. No one said a word.
1: (laughs) Everybody was like, oh, there goes Joe again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't know. Let's rock, paper, scissors (laughs) over who has to confront him. Uh, Nope, let's just let it go, man. It's not worth it. And then he does it again, and they're like, see, it's just what he does. Yeah, yeah. He was a
0: serial killer who killed women in their homes overnight. He was pretty gnarly. There's a lot on him if you look him up, the Night Stalker. Perhaps I'll talk about him, but... In 1991, a man from Austria moved into the Cecil. He was doing a story on prostitution, I don't know why he was Austrian and wanted. I do know why. But originally, no one knew why an Austrian man would want to talk about prostitution in America. I think that would be something he'd want to talk about from his own. Right. But it turns out he was actually killing them. Oh.
1: And. 1991.
0: Oh. Okay. And he had killed women in Austria and they were on to him and he moved here to start doing it. Hmm. Wild. 1999, another man had jumped or fell or was murdered. No one is quite clear. One thing I'm learning from this is that if you push someone out a window, as long as you're sneaky, you're going to get away with it, because they can't tell if they jumped or not. <laughs> Interesting. It <laughs> doesn't work upstairs. My cat tried to go out the second yeah, story. That's right. she survived, which is fine. You have know, to find
1: the so building. So this is in LA? Because obviously they
0: don't ask questions Look, <laughs> well, you had me
1: at a rooftop restaurant once in New York, and
0: you did not push me off.
1: <laughs> we didn't get
0: that close to the edge, okay? <laughs> it also wasn't a rooftop bar. It was a fifth floor <laughs> bar. <laughs> they lie. i still bitter about that. They lie. <laughs> okay, anyway... So this next one is probably the most well-known of all of them. And I say that kind of lightly. It's well-known to us because it was during our lifetime. It was a very sensational story. 2013, uh, Elisa Lam was staying at the Cecil. She, there's viral footage of her in the elevator at the Cecil acting really erratically. Okay, I do remember this. Yes, yes, yes. So the doors of the elevator will open and she will be talking to people that aren't there and just, like, gesturing wildly and there's a point where she gets out and looks off the elevator and gets back on. No one else gets on with her and she's just acting really erratic. She wound up being found in the water tank. The Cecil mm-hmm. the um the residents because there were permanent residents but there were also hotel visitors would start complaining about the water it was brown and it had a really bad smell Blech. exactly <laughs> nope I get it oh, I and forgot about that story yes it's really frightening if if you watch the footage it's scary mm-hmm. her they've kind of narrowed it down she was Um, I believe on bipolar medication and her friends had already complained she was moved to another room because her friends had complained about her actions or maybe it was her neighbors or something Mm -hmm. and so it's thought that maybe she was off her medicine or misdosed her medicine or something and somehow ended up in the water tank maybe someone put her there after they found her acting erratically and took advantage of her or It's hard to say, but it's still really scary. And
1: with all the history there... Yes! Like, how bad... How much is bad luck, and when do you just draw a line where it can't just be bad luck anymore? Yeah. Yep. We'll get there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, throughout all of this... So, this was from the 1920s all the way up to 2013 that I've got these stories...
1: It's like a hundred years of stories.
0: Yes. And they're all similar. I mean, how many times did I say jump down a window? Right. Uh, poisoning. Mm-hmm. What is, You don't hear about that uh, a lot anymore. Right. So the hotel did go through a lot of ups and downs, um, obviously during the Great Depression. It was, I think it survived because it had very low uh, rates, but it did sort of become known as a, not a dive hotel so much, but a low price. Hotel. Mm-hmm. I've, I watched a lot of videos on this hotel. People who stayed there and stuff. They tried to rebrand it at one point and called it the Stay on Main, and people were like, "Yeah, no, we know. We know. <laughs> I know what this is." <laughs> but they had rooms anywhere from fifty to seventy dollars. The seventy dollar ones were the ones where you got your own bathroom.
1: And in LA, LA, that's incredible.
0: And it apparently it was pretty close to where they host like LA Fashion Week. Like, walking distance. So people that are Huge struggling deal.
1: and wanting to make it big in LA or yes. get into the fashion world are choosing that place because it's reasonable for it's them. It's reasonable. So <laughs> so it would draw in people
0: um, for its reputation for being inexpensive. And unfortunately, it drew in a lot of people who wanted to end their life, lives. <laughs> life. life. <laughs> their life. Um, <laughs> this isn't funny. In, from 07 to 17, to 2017, there was a manager, the same manager managed the place. So 10 years she lasted. There were 80 deaths. What? In her time at the hotel. In 10 years. What? <laughs> Can you imagine? You didn't even name off 80. There's no. more. And that was, that was just a nice timeline of events. This is I never even got to the two thousand well I did two thousand thirteen I, I okay. guess, but yeah. Ten years, eighty deaths. She didn't elaborate much, just said that
1: that's probably that. overdoses, I'm guessing. I'm sure. A lot and of that. jumping. And, Apparently. And yeah, yeah. Poisoning and
0: Um now it's said that it's haunted. I mean Obvs. <laughs> when that many people have died there. <laughs> um staff say they hear noises all the time and bumps. Um, guests say they have experienced that as well. Um, I did watch a video, a couple videos of I, I wish you could see me putting quotation marks around it. Ghost hunters and type right. things. Um, I have a hard time with those because you never know what they're faking. Right. Um, but this guy got a ton of EMFs of apparent spirits speaking to him. People will complain that they hear a baby crying. Ooh. And a lot of times they just assume it's someone staying near, but it will get louder and louder. Ugh. Some That's people. So it's the worst. Yes, like, right?
1: You can scare me with anything, but once there's crying babies, I'm just.
0: I'm out. I'm dipping. Yeah. <laughs> Some people have claimed to see the night stalker in his bloody clothing, which is really ironic because his clothes are in the dumpster. You should see him <laughs> in his underwear. Right.
1: Come on, people.
0: <laughs> there's shadow people, which. Disturbed me immensely Mm -hmm. cold Mm -hmm. spots a lot of people have reported people tugging on their bedsheets and stuff one story very specifically uh, was being told by a girl about her father he said he was starting to fall asleep and suddenly he was he felt hands around his neck and was being choked so he he was freaking out he according to him he thought he was gonna die so he finally got them away, He jumped out of bed, he ran downstairs, he told them what had just happened, and they were almost, like, non-phased at the
1: desk. <laughs> they were like, oh. what room are you in? Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. that's yeah. George.
0: So he demanded a new room, and he later found out that that room there had been a murder in. His original room. Once he got to his new room, he slept fine. Which, like, I'm sorry, I don't want a new room. I want to A leave. new hotel. Yeah. It Go get my possibly bags. Possibly
1: a new city and light it on fire (laughs) and i'm not sleeping Mm -mm. for the next couple days (laughs) i'm not just gonna move to the new room and pass out peacefully like a baby yeah like oh that was weird be like oh no i almost died Mm -hmm. and something creepy is happening (laughs) or i'm having like an allergic reaction when i fall asleep and my throat's like something is wrong yes i think i'll stay up all night
0: yeah thanks Thanks for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not him. He was like, I need a new room. I man.
0: need a new room. I'll get my bag. And then later he was like, I
1: knew there was something wrong with that room. There were ghosts ghost there. But I slept fine in that other yeah, room. Yeah, but the other room was
0: fine. It was a few floors away. I'm sure they couldn't have found me. <sighs> so, obviously from 07 to 17, there were quite a few deaths. In 2017, they closed the hotel. To begin renovations, uh, COVID obviously put a big delay on that. But it opened again in 2021 as affordable housing.
1: Oh no! <laughs> There's so much wrong with like we're already in a broken timeline. Uh huh. We've already been in a broken timeline since COVID happened.
0: Uh huh.
1: It doesn't get better. Uh uh-uh. It only gets worse <laughs> in 2021. <laughs> So, um, and now it's affordable house, so now they're putting poor people uh-huh. in this haunted, uh-huh. creepy ex-hotel.
0: Yeah. Hmm. I,
1: I follow a guy on TikTok,
0: and I was pretty excited to talk about this. Uh, I follow a guy on TikTok. His name is Pete Montzegro. I think you would love him because he is redheaded.
1: you do uh, love me some red. <laughs>
0: and I will say, he is an actor as well as he likes the paranormal stuff so he's done haunted house tours and stuff like that he moved in unknowingly according to him across the street from the cecil in his apartment that has a big open window he can watch the cecil oh great he started he said he felt really he felt like the building gave off bad vibes like he would walk past it and it would just feel icky mm-hmm. so then he learned about the Cecil and between the time that it was closed and when it reopened in 2021 he lived across street from it and would do TikTok lives and YouTube lives and live stream he would live stream the building and sometimes you'd see him on there talking and I will say I do not understand how he could have fabricated the video. I watched a several minute long video of strange occurrences happening in the Cecil. People appearing in windows, curtains moving, lights, that technically no one's in there, there shouldn't right. be. He personally tried to get into the, <laughs> he tried to throw uh, drive drones in several <laughs> times, and he tried to get in, and security stopped him every single time.
1: So if <laughs> somebody else was sneaking in to do weird stuff... It seems like it should be tough to do. They would have been very, very sneaky. Yes.
0: And I am not discounting it. Maybe I can share his video. Uh, yes. Um. Right, and, yeah. and sort of see what you think about it. I, I don't want to tell you what to think. But I, I thought it was very creepy. And he is live streaming them, so these people are commenting in live, right, right there,
1: right then. And he'd have to be a cinematic genius to fake a live video.
0: He he would, or he'd have to have paid someone to be over there. Right. Um, security people, or someone who snuck in, or cleans, or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there'd have to be a lot of people involved.
0: Yeah. It was very interesting. So, uh, the last thing I will leave you with, I, I don't have a good closer for this. Because, <laughs> because it doesn't get better. It's just a creepy hotel building. An, <laughs> now an on, on income-friendly living area. <laughs> Some people do claim that Elise, Elise Lamb was playing a game when all this weird stuff happened, and it is called the elevator game. I did watch another video where a group of investigators, I use that term again lightly, um, ghost hunter type mm-hmm. stuff, they tried to play it. And what you do is you get on the elevator and you take it to different floors in sequence. You don't stop the sequence, you don't change anything. So I'm just making this up. If you have to go to four, then you have to go to 10, then you have to go back down to three, then you have to go to 14, And then back down to two. Mm -hmm. And then according to these guys, um, the doors will open. There'll be a little girl there. She will get on the elevator and you're not supposed to look at her. And you're supposed to ride back down to the basement or to the lobby and get off the elevator without looking back. I have goosebumps. (laughs)
1: Why would you do that? I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) And and why would you want to do that so that you could get a creepy ghost girl that you can't even look at to follow you around in the elevator? Just for funsies? Yeah.
0: And then, uh, apparently, on, if she gets on the elevator... If she doesn't get on the elevator, you're fine. You're you, you, you you're not supernatural or whatever. If she does get on the elevator and you go down to the first floor and you get off and the elevator closes, you're okay. But otherwise, it could take you up to the 14th floor, even though you push the first floor button, and then you've entered another dimension. Oh, good. Yeah.
1: Just what I was hoping for.
0: Yep. <laughs> and then you end
1: up drowned in the water tank. Yeah. Yep. That's
0: so oh, great. great, Yeah, fabulous. Um, and so, I'm never staying at the Cecil. Um, I don't know why they haven't put bars on all of the windows.
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> I stayed in Detroit in June for, yeah. a, for a conference, and I was in the the renaissance Detroit renaissance marriott whatever which
0: does not have a hundred years of murders and right. deaths and you cannot open any windows you couldn't open ours in new york yeah we were only on the what the fourth
1: floor in new york yeah and, and you, you could not open our, open our windows. windows so why haven't they figured this out well now <sighs> exactly. they probably can now it would be illegal because now they're using it as affordable housing right and you have to have you have to multiple able to get out means of exit
0: yeah um pete did eventually get in he got to see it it was that was another fun video he heard some noises and stuff but nothing otherwise crazy and yeah the cecil's terrifying mm-hmm. i don't understand why they keep putting people in it um pete lived there while it was open i don't know if he's still there he the one of the more recent videos he was gonna move i don't know if that's happened yet He said that there was an incident at least once a week. Uh, One of the incidents he did live stream on TikTok, or at least did a TikTok video of it. And there were, they shut down the road. There were like 40 cops and fire department folk. Firefighters? (laughs) Fire department folk. (laughs) I don't mince words here. Those folks (laughs) over at the fire department. Those good good fire (laughs) folks. <laughs> Calm down, <laughs> crash.
1: <laughs> so I don't know what I mean. In general, there's not a single part of me that wants to go to LA, right? Because I'm just not that type of person, right? Like I hope our podcast never requires us to <laughs> do a red carpet event anywhere, right? Unless it's in New York. Yeah, I do like New York. we know we or can Paris. Go there. Yeah, yeah, but. Everything about LA and Hollywood just seems gross to me. But even if I did want to go to LA, I'm very concerned now that they're just letting these things happen. And at the end of it all, they're like, "This place is scary. What should we do with it? Put poor people in it?
0: Who My- might?" Really have sad lives and hard lives yeah. and mental conditions. Make it way worse for them. Let's put them as high as we can so that they can jump on other yeah. people.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll kill multiple people when they jump out the window <laughs> with their babies. I did. Oh,
0: I guess I should throw this out there. I did see a couple videos from people who currently live there and do not believe in any of the hauntings. Okay. Uh, I did see some of the rooms, and they're still tiny. Mhm.
1: Uh, I wonder when they renovated or. I hope they all have their own pictures I hope now. so,
0: too. Other it's like, dorm living. Right. Mm-mm. So, the Cecil Hotel. Huh. Don't buy it. Or go there. No. In fact, we
1: should just wipe LA out.
0: But if now. you do, <laughs> and you have a good story...
1: Yeah, please tell Let us, us know. <laughs> if you're going to be in LA and want to take a stop by the Cecil Hotel and uh, let us know how it went, that would be great.
0: I'm... Wrapping up my like buildings video with this, mm-hmm. I talked about the Winchester Mystery House, and I guess the Denver Airport doesn't count, but it counts. It counts. It's a building. Oh yeah. So um, Casper you know. the Friendly Ghost,
1: well, the friendliest ghost. You'll eat on toast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope that makes it through editing because it has to. <laughs> So, so here's another two hour long episode. Another one. That you will have to cut down down to not two hours. This has been Dungeons and Dopamine Podcast. And people can listen to us anywhere they stream podcasts. And on YouTube. You can find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Insta, and Reddit. And you can reach out to us on any of those social medias or at DungeonsDopamine at Yahoo.com.
0: Oh, and we are now on Patreon. Yeah, that's important. You can find us on uh, www.patreon.com backsplash DungeonsDopamine. Skip the and in that circumstance.
1: Yes, where you will find
0: word. the British folk.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and Dungeons and Dopamine is edited and published by Argyle Pigeon Productions.
0: Yay! Thank you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Hi, future Jess here. I wanted to announce that our Patreon is up and live. We appreciate you all so much for the support that you've shown us. If you choose to also support us through Patreon, we can guarantee that everything we receive will go back toward the show. You can find us by going to patreon.com forward slash Dungeons Dopamine, or you can find the link on any of our social medias. Thank you so much. We love you. you.